0: Hello everyone, welcome to Cyber Inspiration podcast. My name is Evgeny. I have been around cybersecurity for the last 20 years and I have a lot of experience working with a variety of cybersecurity vendors. My main work is vendor consulting and cybersecurity advisory for companies. As part of my passion in technology and cyber, I've been intrigued to learn how a company starts. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. This podcast is affiliated with Security Architecture podcast. I have Tal here from Gitpol to share her story and her motivation to start the company. Tal, can you please tell me about yourself and the company?
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Tal Colander, and I'm one of the founders and the CEO of Gitpol. I know it's a bit odd to see a female CEO, but this is one of the things that I do believe that we should have more in this men dominant world. My story of how I became the CEO of Gitpol started 20 years ago when I was very young, a teenage girl. So I got my first computer and after that the internet 56 bit arrived and the first internet some internet games it was really nice having or talking to people that you don't really know but uh, and playing against them and with time I really wanted to be number 1 or to be ranked number 1 it's in several games that I thought that I would be that I am the best at so I focused actually on one particular game I learned everything about it. I thought that by the time that I will wake up, that's it, they will announce me as a winner. And then when I woke up, I saw someone else that got the first place and I was pretty disappointed. And I said, no, oh my God, no way. This person must have been cheated um, on this game. And I'm going to tell you this fast forward that I learned how how to become a hacker, but I didn't know that it was a hacker back then. I just knew how to break into some online games and then do whatever i needed to do in order to be ranked number one and then i won so many prizes and i become i was named like the female version of robin hood because i got so many things and then i just uh, spread them to my i got many more friends or way more friends that i that probably people have today families of course they got it first and with time, as one from Israel, so in Israel, we must join the army. And I used to have my own company before the army, but again, everything was based on how to break into systems and to do it in way before the police and everyone, like the cyber thing started. So I joined the fighter pilot course, and after a while, I didn't manage to finish the course. Unfortunately, I was uh, pretty rude. And then I continue into the some kind of the computer unit, several computer units in the IDFs. And then when they just said, okay, Tal, enough helping your pocket, start helping your country. So they pretty much changed my black hat skills to, to a white hat. And the reason that Gitpol was created is right after the army, I used to work in large defense organizations but also financial health sector and and way more than that and i used to do the same thing over and over again and it is today uh, the, the, the world is aware of device misconfiguration but if we try to simplify it i would say it is everything from human error to default setting that we all know and that maybe it is there but we don't know how to close it and we don't know how to close it properly so we write some scripts and maybe they will work maybe they won't and then in very short what we did was something that um that i said okay i'm not going to write the same software like on for every organization that i go i need to rewrite it because i cannot move the code Um, and then i said okay enough i'm going to, to create my own company and this is how in, in August 2017, I took a piece of napkin and a, and, and a pen. I was in a pub with a good friend of mine. His name is also Tal. And I just said, OK, I had some beers, but he didn't uh, interrupt me at all to write the idea that today is named Gitpol. And we said, OK, device misconfiguration, anything that is human error's default setting, let's not only show what is wrong, but finally, let's fix it. When we can fix things, we know exactly how easy it is also just not only to detect, but also to auto-remediate. But the most important part is that we have the ability also to do it without a business impact. That's the most important part. Think about it. Everyone can write scripts to do this and that. So, okay, we give you like a nice map of overview of what's going on. But if we can assure you that if you close the most significant things that you are struggling with on a daily basis, and it takes you so much time, we can close it without an impact. That's our goal. We do it today for Windows, Linux, Mac OS, I can say also Kubernetes, which will be announced later this year. And that's what we do on steroids in um, so many things. And we have hundreds of organizations and uh, that customers, of course, even from the cybersecurity field to any vertical. One of the things that I'm very proud of is that we are still bootstrap. We didn't raise any money. We decided to go solo without any VC money, angels, whatever, whatever external money it is. We invested time and then here we are today, hundreds of customers, Super happy, growing every year over year, at least by 100%, by 100 150%. That's pretty unique.
0: Well, thank you. Very, very good introduction. A lot of good information. And by the way, it's not unique to be a woman CEO. I interviewed at least 15, 20 CEOs or was it woman on the show, and I'm always planning to have more. So if you're a woman CEO, if you want to be on the show, please let me know. We'll be more than happy to show and tell your story as well. You kind of answer. Part of my questions about the motivation to start the company. So we're going to move (laughs) to the next part. You also mentioned that you didn't raise money. So this was also one of the questions I had. But there is a big difference between having an idea, going implementing an idea, and checking if people are going to buy whatever you're going to create. So after you created the idea on the napkin in the pub, what was the next step? Did you actually went to different companies and understand if you create this, boozy bite Or what was an odd happened?
1: So I went to one of the largest customers, largest one of the most important customers in Israel, I would say. The Israel aerospace industry, especially these days with the war in Israel. So we see it. And again, it's like the defense and people. We use all of the defense forces that either they are public or private. And what we do is that what I did is I came to them with four slides. Today, if you will ask me, I'll never do slides. Never. I like, I jump into the demo, I speak two minutes about the product and that's it. Back in the day, I needed to come with some slides. So I came, I showed them like four or five slides, our old name, problem, solution, questions, ends. Okay, ends like a presentation. So it was very, it was very short. They said immediately, where have you been? We are looking for this solution for over a decade. So we need this solution ASAP. And that is how I started. So I saw them. I went to other uh, organizations as well. I validated that there is a need for that. And only then I started developing together with Gilad and Yaakov that this is the Git of Gitpol. We started developing only the three of us. And so we developed this tool for a year and a half before our company was officially announced. Let's say we were officially announced in May, 2019. For 18 months, we were in the garage. So back in the days, one of the largest hospitals in, in Israel and Israel Aerospace Industries and Metrix and other IT company, they all started as beta customers, but of course, they paid nice money. And then we pretty much navigated and saw that there is a value for the customer. And we asked the customer, what is it that they want to see more that makes sense, that correlates with the product? And this is how... We managed to bring a better value, even today, to each and every one of our customers.
0: You basically had design partners from the beginning, from there, that are able to help and subsidize on what you're doing. It's amazing. In what part you started to hire people? besides really
1: we hired pretty much once the company was established or pretty much within this period of time so we hired our first r&d like developer and someone from sales that will help us to expand to other markets not israel and it was only almost immediately once the company started and then i would say a few months after but and then we just, on, on every income, and of course, we are profitable, which is, again, something that is very rare in today's market. Every time that we had more income, okay, we said, okay, let's hire more people. And of course, we needed more R&D. We needed, of course, sales engineers, pre-sales. People sales also in the US and the UK. So we did pretty much the same land and expend in our company. Every time we had a bottleneck at some, I don't know, in some area, so we needed to solve it by bringing people, obviously. Several of our uh, employees, I would say nice amount of our employees that uh, all of the customer facing, whether it is sales engineer, PS, customer success, and even uh, some of the R&D, they were our customers first. And then they said, okay, I don't want to be the customer I'm the customer side anymore. I want to be the, on the vendor side.
0: You kind of almost stole the answer from my question, but I still want to understand this part. <laughs> How you decide what type of people to hire? Basically, how did you create and build the company culture?
1: So, a company culture is so important. People do not not understand—not always—people understand how important it is. When company is going too fast, like out of a sudden, they in some way they lose it. And what we did is again going to make sure first that the specific person is getting along with the other team members. Obviously. I would expect from an R&D to be better with other R&D. And of course, if he needs to talk to other people, it's it's a great plus. But again, we hire people that are very friendly, um, but also super smart. Um, And they have a unique value uh, proposition also for the the specific person itself. It's very important that the interview would be on the professional side, but also on the I would say the human the humanity side and to make sure that they they will get along with other people, that they will understand the people's needs. Of course, I do not expect, let's say, people from the sales, okay, to be, I don't know, to understand the code, but I am I expect them to respect the people. And I do believe that even today, we are not in the robot generation yet. I do believe that even today, when you sell to someone, even if I want to interview someone, I sell to someone, the the concept, the company, I need to understand that everything, the negotiation is between people. It's like when I sell the product, Gitpol, so I know that I sell, but I sell it to people. So even if the product, people do not, oh, okay, it's a perfect product, but even if the product is that good, if the people in front of you, they are not the best people or they are not kind, they are not nice, they're pretty much a nightmare to handle with. So that's it. People usually drop and they say, I, I quit. I don't, want to ha- I don't want to do business with them. So it's all about how to be a human being. And again, then train them that we are here for you. And someone is sick, so we send them something to their home. And if someone is, I don't know, needs some time off or go to the army to reserve, especially these days, so we want to be, we want to understand them. We want to, to be there for them because we know that if we need them, they will be there for us. So it's all about win-win. And we all, in Gitpol we all understand it.
0: You mentioned something interesting about selling this to the people you're hiring. And I want to go deep on the idea of becoming a salesperson. So you're a founder. As a founder, you have to do founding-led sales. But you're a technical person originally. Tell me about the transition to remove the technical hat and put the sales hat and understand what changed and how it changed.
1: If I believe in something, it's so easy for me to, to tell a story about it, to sell it in words. So I'll give you an example. There are so many startups in the world. There are even star- some startups of my friends that I don't believe in the concept, so I won't even speak about it. They know, I respect them, but I won't do like an upsell next to my friends or next to my customers when I can speak out loud about other products. If I believe in something... So first I go very deep into the tech because I need to understand the concept. And then if it makes sense, and I say, oh, people need it. So it's very easy for me to talk about it. Obviously about Gitpol, my motivation is double, obviously, is to talk about the product. But when I hear customers say, oh my God, the product solved me so many issues. The product comes from this angle, that angle, solves me this, does this, does that. It makes sense for people and it motivates me to talk. I'm super proud. I'm like a proud mother because I would say that Gitpol is my only child at the moment. But and yeah, to go and to hear so many people are, that, that are talking about Gitpol and to hear that other CISOs, that, whether they are customers or not, they talk to other CISOs about buying Gitpol. That's the most amazing thing that can happen to me. I sell my passion. That's what I do. That's what I love doing. And
0: Let's go deeper there because I think it's what you bring right now the passion is fundamental and very important but let's go a bit to the technical nuances of the selling part you present it to someone they like the idea their vp their ceo now to move to procurement people there doesn't even understand what you're selling it's a widget for them okay and they become like almost like a financial procurement guru it's completely different dynamics. They don't care about your passion. They only care about the numbers. Tell me about that part.
1: That is right. So sometimes we do divide and conquer. So it's not right now we have accounts from Fortune 500, Global 2000, so many accounts, customers. And sometimes the procurement is not only me. I have a great team that can handle the, the numbers. Sometimes the CISOs tell me, hey, this is the number that I, I can tell you that will work, okay? If you will give, let's say, you can definitely give like twenty percent more and then you will negotiate, but this is the, the price that you will ish you will be closing on and, and that it will be closed eventually. But if they give me clues, if they give me like nations, then it helps. Usually I we talk to the CISOs and the executives to make sure what is the budget and what can what can work. If they don't know, then we go to a very brutal process with the procurement that they are trying to negotiate so hard like um, their soul is dependent on it then usually if it is if I see that they are going like that they don't want to find us when to help us because eventually it helps them and what helps them should help us because we created so many things dealing with procurement, one of them is called business justification. We created a document that shows them, oh, with Gitpol, we created a return on investment screen. So everything that you do with Gitpol, every remediation, you see how much time you save, and then you see how much money you saved. Then time equals money. We all know that you see the money, and then, hey, look for yourself. You can save right now with Gitpol, for example, 500K, just an example, okay, for what we have. Hmm, 500k is, I don't know, one, two, three, four FTEs, then it makes sense. Okay, now I can, uh, if I give them the business justification, of course, we negotiate, we are trying to do something that makes sense for them. But we are trying to keep on the loop also the technical people. So also the executives from the piece, the because we need them to to be the champions internally, and to win also the procurement and to help us dealing with them as well.
0: Very, very important and I hope with hope you will help other people who want to start their own companies in the future as well. You mentioned the baby. This is an interesting point because you mentioned you hired more salespeople and it's mean now you need to trust that they're going to sell your baby. They're going to take care and represent your baby towards other people. How is this to let go and not be involved in everything in sales and let other people do the job?
1: Wow! Well, at the beginning, I took so many things on my own that I said, I'm the best of dealing with ta-ta-ta. And then at some point, I came into the conclusion that I cannot handle it all. I cannot handle the product, the R&D, the pre-sell, the sales, the, the procurement, the this, that I cannot. Illegal, oh my God, I cannot. So I there was some point in the maturity level of myself, but also myself within Gitpol, that... I decided, okay, my people are good enough that I can definitely delegate and, hey, that's okay. Definitely, you can deal with this account, that account. Okay, of course, there are some things that I'm checking the polls from time to time because if they are, let's say, the massive accounts or, I don't know, Fortune 50, for example, yes, I am there most of the time. But I can tell you that for, because again, we have hundreds of customers, I cannot do it all again on my own. So that is why I managed to delegate. And at the beginning, it was very hard for me. But now I trust my team so much. They know my standards. They know that I don't love losing a POC. They know that I don't love losing a paying customer. And they know my very high standards. And they absolutely, they exceed those standards. And I have I am blessed. I think that Gitpol is such an amazing company. With and, and of course, the company, as you said, is the culture, is the people, is the product, is the customers. is like everything. So I am, I'm, I feel so blessed with such an amazing family that we created.
0: Thank you. If we can go back to the beginning, when you started the company, is there going to be anything Steve will do differently?
1: Talking about going back, every time when people ask me, hey Tal, to what time in your life you would love to go back. And I always say never, no no time, today. Because I do believe that we are who we are because of the thing that we did. Don't get me wrong, everyone makes mistakes. I'm not the only one, I'm not perfect, I'm far from being perfect. I learn all the time. So if you would ask me what we would do different, specifically for Gitpol, I don't want to change anything because I do believe that this kind of experience teach, teaches me so much and gives me I would say so much tools in my tool set that I can never learn in any university. This is the university of life that I can definitely take and see everything that I've accomplished and to take it to the future and know what I did wrong and what I should do better. I don't know, like even tomorrow, okay? Because I know, and again, if you don't do things, you never make mistakes, right? And if you never make mistakes you don't know how to learn from them so that's what i believe yeah make mistakes but not every mistake not every possible mistakes listen to people but at least if you make mistakes just learn from it and do it better
0: that makes sense and i love the honesty and the answer you have because some people go back we'll do that we'll go faster we go slower i think whatever happened and it's great i'm happy where you are right now being and running a startup is not easy and you mentioned several times how you're running around everywhere. What do you do to get back to yourself when you have a bad day? If it's a meditation, running, something else, because we all have bad days. We have only to some <laughs> to recuperate and get back on the horse and go again.
1: Oh, it's a good question. If I want to be very transparent to tell you what is it a bad day, okay? For me, a bad day, I can have 10 POs. Okay, 10 POs at at the same day, or okay, we had only one day with 10 POs, but 10 POs at the same day, but again, the POs are amazing, great numbers. And then I hear that even a small customer, okay, not small less, but small customers for, I don't know, a few thousands of devices decided to i don't know not to take a poc at the moment but to postpone it for i don't know late in q2 q3 24 that is for me a bad day okay just to understand the extreme the limits is very the limits are are very uh, i would say not wide at all okay That is for me a bad day. What do I do? I'm very happy that I have the right people to talk to and they understand. It's not that I talk to, you know, to some spiritual and like the spirit of things. Yeah, let's talk about something that never exactly. So I have friends that absolutely understand this scenario and can and know how to calm me down. And not only that, obviously, I go to the gym. So I used to run marathons, today, and then I did some ninja training, some climbing. So today I do only gym, so it means like weight or heat workouts. So that's usually what I do. Or, and again, going out with friends, just I need to release, drinking some beer or wine, that's good enough for me.
0: Yeah, I think physical activity and being surrounded by friends is definitely important. I have a last question, and I think you mentioned this in a way, but I want to understand more. Was there a part for the last five six years that you understood clearly that what you built is what you needed to build and nothing need to be changed and you basically got an understanding that this is the correct tool the correct scenario the correct technology
1: wow so i would say the validation from the customers and any kind of customer Any kind of vertical, whether it is again like the health sector or the insurance or banking from all over the world, they just see the value. So at the beginning, the awareness was missing. And then our language of how to translate poll into something, we didn't really know how to, hey, give me the elevator pitch. Come on, do it fast. And then, ah, oh, and like I said, it's like it took a minute, a minute and a half. And then if I, even if I did it in 20 seconds, no one understood because I was too techy. And now when people understand what is human errors, what is default settings, what is device misconfiguration, which is the group of those errors. And finally, they all know that maybe they can see things, but they won't be able ever to remediate it without an impact. When people started singing this song in front of me, after explaining, I didn't even need to explain more than that. They just read everything and were able just to tell it. For me, this proves a point. I was so happy. And I said, okay, I'm I'm continue doing it. And then, um getting more validation from customers. Hey, what about um adding this feature, that feature? And then I teach customers how to be how to think like Gitpol, Not to give me out of a sudden, yeah, today you do this, maybe tomorrow, and they then they will give me another product. Don't give me another product, just let's do the land and expand and let's have something that's complimentary. Don't give me like something that like I do software, and then out of a sudden they tell me, oh, do hardware. Okay. Now they understand not only how to sing a song. But maybe how to create an album, song album, whatever, like to have that all of the songs are connected. So it means like the layers of the product and the modules are all connected. And that is great to hear their feedback. We always take the customer's feedback. I would recommend anyone to take customer's feedback to prioritize it, and then to develop it. Because usually what fits one customer fits them all. Again, take the Pareto, 80-20. You need to understand what definitely makes sense, not only for a single customer, but for everyone. And then once you do it, it will be so easy for you to do the rest.
0: Good advice. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. I hope people that listen to us right now learned a lot and also learn about you and about the company. So thank you very much for being here today.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, of course. And I wish everyone that they can they can reach out anytime. So thanks again for having me.
0: Awesome. Everybody that's listening, thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, everyone.